Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel. Joining me, as always, is Matt. How you going, Joel? I'm doing all right. And, you know, I'm doing extra all right because uh, we're going to do something that I have forgotten to do over the last little bit, and that is I want to thank uh, the Patreons, one person in particular. Uh, technically, he gave last week, but uh, I didn't get a chance. I only read my email too late, but that's the ultimate play, so thank you, the ultimate play. I want to take the chance to thank you on the show for uh, helping to make the comic multiverse and our continued comic book endeavors uh, possible, so thank you for that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, didn't didn't want to fall behind on that one. Didn't want people to think, oh, here comes Joel now getting too big for his britches, forgetting where he came from and who helped him get there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so how's your week been going, Matt? Pretty good. It's been kind of chill. And well, people obviously don't know, but we're doing this a week. Oh, not a week. A day early because I've got um, important stuff happening this week with film and everything. I'm starting up major film, so I'm mm. really excited about that. Yep, uh, Matt has his fingers in many a pie, and so we're doing this one on Sunday night for a change, which is funny because, you know, Monday, I'm always like, oh, yeah, Monday, I don't have anything to do tonight. Oh, no, wait, yeah, crap, that's right, the show that I run is tonight, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Many a times I've almost forgotten, but I never do. (laughs) You never do. But, no, I swear sometimes at, like, 9.30, I'm like, oh, crap, I got to get the news together for this one. (laughs) Damn it, damn it, damn it. Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've been having a chill week myself. Uh, it's July. My birthday is coming up soon, so you know people have been asking me, oh, you know, where you want to go eat on that day. I'm having to decide between steak or barbecue. Oh, I hate having to decide stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They opened up a new barbecue place uh, a couple towns over from me, and I'm like, well, worth giving it a try. It's a it's a real rustic place. It's called Muddy's Barbecue Pit, and you know it's rustic because they don't even have like traditional tables. It's like, nah, man, it's picnic tables in a dude's backyard. <laughs> but he's got like six smokers, and he's smoking pigs twenty four seven. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. That muddy, you can trust him in his backyard with the picnic tables. <laughs> it's the sort of place where I wouldn't be shocked if there was also indie wrestling happening happening there on the sides. Just dudes getting put through. <laughs> it's, it's your meal entertainment. Yeah, that's what it is. Dudes getting put through picnic tables while you're trying to eat. Yeah, come and eat some barbecue and see some guy do a suplex. Actually, speaking of uh, speaking of shit like that, speaking of combat sport, uh, last night because it was uh, it was uh, Saturday, I actually did something I've never done before, and I actually watched a UFC pay per view for the first time ever. It was UFC 200 last night. Yeah. Now I, I only wanted to watch because Brock Lesnar was doing it, and it's like you know, man, he hasn't wrestled in or he hasn't fought in four years. This dude because he's been off doing the professional wrestling, aka the fake fighting. Can he still do the real fighting all this time later? Uh, turns out, yes, yes, he can actually. <laughs> he's given those neck muscles a workout. Oh God, yes, he is. He is a beefy gentleman, that Brock Lesnar, isn't he? He is. Here, here's the thing that blew my mind. I knew this, but I forgot about it when he came out. Uh, they had a Canadian flag next to his name, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, he was technically born in Saskatchewan, wasn't he? (laughs) He doesn't claim Canada to be his place of residence, but somehow he still fights under the flag when he's doing the real fighting. (laughs) It's very weird. Also, you know, I'm always a big fan of, like, uh, what what songs they come out to, so he comes out to, like, Enter Sandman by Metallica, and I'm like, yep, yep, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's Brock Lesnar. That's Brock Lesnar. For there was one dude. I swear to God, he came out to the Karate Kid. You're the best around. Nothing's <laughs> ever gonna take you down. That dude lost, by the way. 
<laughs> I guess something did take him down. Yeah, something took him down hard. He was not the best around. He was not. <laughs> Too on the nose. I wonder what mine would be. I was always a big fan of Homer when he became a boxer coming after, Why can't we be <laughs> yeah. friends? Why can't we be friends? That's a good one. Uh, I'd want something ironic. Ooh, you know what? I want South Park's Now You're a Man, 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 Now You're a Man. Ooh, or Dat Boy, you know, just so you know you're from the internet. Here come Dat Boy, shit what up. Here come Dat Boy, shit what up. Uh, Which, you know, that meme will probably last as long as I would in any sort of combat sport we're saying. It's now dead because of you. <laughs> it's dead because of me. I killed it. I killed it just now. I drove it out to the woods and I killed it. <laughs> that was me. Uh, it, it, anything else going on besides that? It was a light week for me, really. Yeah, yeah. I've been, like, the last couple of days I've been on Twitter looking at this, like, this shit heap of a Ghostbusters film that's coming out. And just, yeah, like, wow. the shit storm that's been coming out around it. Yeah, we've been kind of talking about it. That got really ugly really quick, and this is another one of those situations where no one is going to be able to properly judge this movie until, like, five years from now when you can divorce yeah. it from everything that happened around it. I mean, here's my thing. I'm not even really that big a fan of the Ghostbusters in general. The first one is really good. The comic series or the cartoon series is like an underrated little gem. Everything else Ghostbusters related, eh? Yeah, and I, I, I liked like Ghostbusters one and two and the cartoons and stuff. And the comics are really good as well. I read some of the comics, mm -hmm, yeah, uh, recently, and they're they're really good as well. Yeah, I've I've heard they've done some good stuff. They they went in the directions that the movies probably should have gone into. Yeah, yeah, and it was great because uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before I watched this great video from this channel called Midnight's Edge, and um, they they they're a fantastic channel. They've been breaking down like all these really bad movies. They did one on Fan Stick. I think they did one on Green Lantern. Oh, nice. And nice. Uh, they they like break it down for you, and it's done in like a uh, really really cool way where they go through literally everything like from post production production pre-production all that sort of stuff oh cool it's really good speaking of uh post-production and social media and everything someone contacted me of all places on uh freaking instagram uh they <laughs> they said they were a college student you know from a thing and they actually wanted to ask me some questions about uh recent comic book movies and the effect social media and hype has had on them if you can believe it yeah, that's pretty cool. I, at first, I was just like, I don't know, man, being solicited on Instagram. I don't know. <laughs> this sounds fishy as hell. I have many other more legitimate means to contact me, but I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, I, I shouldn't joke about that because speaking of Instagram, like a, a guy I went to high school with who I haven't talked to in forever. Well, I, well actually, no, everyone knows who it is. It's Devin. It's the guy who's held camera for me on a couple cons. He listens to the show, or at least he listened to Blood Sweat Comics back in the day. So, yeah, he, he reached out to me out of nowhere through Instagram. And I'm just like, oh, hey, man. He, he, had, he had been trying my phone, but I, I hadn't been putting any money on my burner phone, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> And that's another excerpt from the life of Joel, everybody. You, you can't you can't trust anyone these days on social media. They might be after your Pokemon in Pokemon Go. <laughs> oh God, we thank you, Matt. Thank you for veering into that because I wanted to bring this up. If you've been on the internet at all in the last like week and a half, you'll know Pokemon Go has taken the world by storm. People are going on real world Pokemon adventures trying to catch them all, be they kids, teens, adults, young adults. Only here's the thing, it's not out yet in Canada or Australia. 
It's out here. It's, it's out here. Oh, then it's just not out in Canada yet. <laughs> yeah, I just can't play it because I got a Windows phone and my tablet doesn't want to run it because for some reason it doesn't like finding GPS signals. Man, I had a whole I had a whole bit lined up there how it's not out in Canada and Australia yet, and this is a personal slight against Matt and myself. <laughs> the comic multiverse is putting Pokemon Go on notice right now. But it's been crazy what's been happening. Like some woman found a dead body looking for Pokemon. Yep, makes sense. I believe it. And then someone got stabbed for their Pokemon. There's there's a thing here. A uh, six uh, sick kids hospital in Canada. It's like a foundation for you know kids with terminal diseases and everything. They had to put out a memo where they're like, "Sick kids, please stop getting out of your beds in the middle of the night and going into restricted areas hunting for Pokemon." <laughs> <laughs> they did that here as well because um. People who don't know, and I'm, I'm sure people do know, there's like pokey stops where you can get pokeballs and stuff. There's one, or there's a couple around here in Australia that are at like police stations and stuff, <laughs> and people are just like wandering in. Nice, and, nice. And they've had to like release statements on like Facebook and like Twitter and everything saying, hey, don't wander into a police station. It's not, you know, safe. <laughs> I love We could shoot you. <laughs> I mean, given the police nowadays, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I, I read one article where it's like, at first I thought it was a parody piece, but then it turned out not to be a parody piece, where the dude's like, you know, hey, being African-American in the United States right now in the current climate, I would love to play Pokemon Go, but I'm terrified of being shot, so <laughs> I'm not gonna. That's fair. That's fair. It's, it's sad as well. It is. I don't want to be wandering around at night in areas where people don't think I'm supposed to be holding a device where it's like, look, I'm sorry, I, th I thought he had a gun in his hand. No, it was, it was a Pidgey. <laughs> just had to get the Pidgey. And, and you just know it's only a matter of time until we hear some story where it's like, yeah, a kid was trying to catch a Pikachu on the train tracks or, you know, he fell into the ocean. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. And, and there's also like the the situation where it could be used for like child predators as well oh god yes like oh he put a lure down in this weird bush out in the middle of nowhere uh, yeah you, you don't want totally old, safe guys yeah you don't want old skeevy bathroom bill being like hey there kid i got a shiny zoo pad over here <laughs> under this box <laughs> in the back of my truck <laughs> on the back of the panelless van <laughs> yeah, man, I, I really don't think Nintendo thought this through fully. Yeah, I don't think so either. L little did they know they would change the entire world with Pokemon Go. <laughs> that it's taken over and taken over it did. You know, isn't it something like there's only like 140 Pokemon right now? Like you can't even get the full original 150? Really? It's something like that. Like, you can only get 140 because they want to keep, like, some really rare ones for, like, uh, special events and everything. Like, they got to send you to Times Square or the Sydney Opera House just at this time. Oh, okay. And, you know, I, w I wonder if this is how they're going to make money off where it's, where it's like, look, the first 150 are free. But then if you want to keep adding more to it, you know, we'll come up with the gold collection and the ruby and sapphire collection. You got to give us some money. Yeah, so, like, DLC. Yeah, and isn't there, like, an armband thing? I don't understand what the armband is supposed to do. Like, you're also supposed to pay 60 bucks for an armband, and it does something? Don't know. I have no idea. I, I saw people being like, I, I gotta buy the armband now. Armband. I'm like, what? It's not just an app? 
That being said, it's a freaking insidious and ingenious app, too, because even people who don't like Pokemon, even people who don't give a shit, they'll see the news stories and be like, huh, should download that app and see what Pokemon are in my house right now. That's what I was like. I was like, I didn't really have any interest to play it, and then I'm like, oh, I'll give it a try. It sounds like it's a cool idea and everything, but my tablet won't run it. Damn it. I know some people were like having full-on adventures where it's like, hey, you know, I got up in the morning and I walked all around the city looking for Pokemon. Oh, yeah. I, I like went to uh, the mall near my house and I ran into some guys I work with and I was like sitting down and they like came over to me because I was on my phone. I was on Twitter and they're, they're like, hey, man, what Pokemon do you have? And I'm like, I don't play it. And he's like, and they're like, oh, okay, then. And then just walked off. <laughs> they're looking for Pokemon. Cons are going to be insane. I'm going to Fan oh my Ex- god. I'm going to Fan Expo at the end of or at the beginning of September for sure, and maybe Con Bravo. They actually wrote me today for some more information. Fingers crossed, I'll get into that. But yeah, cons are going to be nuts when you get all those nerds in one place tripping over each other on their phones trying to catch Pokemon. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I imagine like the cons will be like uh, gyms or poker stops or whatnot. Oh yeah. If they were smart, that's what they would do. Mm-hmm. There's a place in Austin, Texas, I saw they had a sign there where it's like, hey, you know, prove that you caught this Pokemon or show that you caught a, this specific Pokemon and you get $4 off your meal. <laughs> That's kind of amazing, isn't it? It is. It's, they, they can do some really good stuff with this and some really bad stuff. I know. The, the skies are the limit here where, you know, people are either going to abuse this or it's going to become really awesome. Yeah. I, I would love one person to live the dream where it's like, yeah, I built an actual Pokemon gym that looks like the ones from the show in this area. <laughs> I'm just a really hardcore Giovanni cosplayer. Hey, come on in and battle me, I dare you. <laughs> See, that's what we need. Matt, you and I need to start a real-life Team Rocket gang is what we need to do. We need to dress up in the black uniforms with the little beret hats and the R's, and we need to go around stealing people's phones is what we need to do. <laughs> That's I, that's our new thing now. The comic multiverse. You kickstart this. Kickstart our new Team Rocket gang is what we're going to do. Only it's going to be legit. And instead of stealing Pokemon, we're going to steal people's phones. In doing so, having stolen all the Pokemon. <laughs> We've become more efficient than actual Team Rocket. I know, right? We'll, we'll actually make it work. We won't constantly blast off time and time again. We'll actually know what we're doing. <laughs> Because, you know, we'll instead of, like, challenging people to a battle, we'll just come up with, like, pipes and baseball bats and just beat them and take it. <laughs> and we won't waste, like, five minutes doing our big, long speech is what we'll do. <laughs> Team Rocket blasting off of the, yeah, 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 just hand it over. <laughs> is what we're going to do, man. It's going it's to be fun once we start that Team Rocket game. <laughs> uh, anyone who wants to join the Team Rocket gang, put your resumes in. Look, we'll, we'll give you a sack, but you need to fill it up with your own doorknobs to hit people with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Good freaking times. Now, believe it or not, everyone, 20 minutes in, we actually have some news, like some real news. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not. Some non-Pokemon related news. It's funny. Matt and I have been going back and forth forever. We're going to be doing that Batman v Superman ultimate cut commentary soon in fact if there wasn't so much news this week we probably would have just done it instead of a show but there actually was some decent news both stuff we didn't talk about last week and stories that have since evolved since we talked about them last week 
Yeah, some big stuff happened this week. And that wasn't a Pokemon pun when I say evolved. I swear my mind isn't just on the Team Rocket gang we're going to start. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the first big piece of news here, uh, Captain Marvel uh, is just one of many books. That, that was kind of the big flavor of the news this week, and that is uh, we basically got a look at what post-Civil War II Marvel is going to look like. Yep. And it's looking pretty interesting. Very interesting. Uh, the first piece of news there is Captain Marvel will re be relaunched again. This is actually the third time the character has been relaunched, if you can believe it. Um, under not a comic book writer, but under a young adult writer. It's the lady who writes those, like, southern gothic books, uh, like Beautiful Creatures. Is that what it's called? They made a movie out of it with Jeremy Irons. Yeah, I think so. Right. She's going to be taking over it now and essentially... What we're going to be seeing here is that Carol Danvers has finally achieved uh, that which she had wanted since, like, oh, geez, House of M. She's become the most famous hero in the world, the one that everybody knows, but not for all the reasons you want. Apparently, she split people right down the middle. Some people call her a great hero. Some people are calling her an evil tyrant now. Yeah, I, I like the art that came out with it where there were, like, two sides. One of her was, like looking towards the future or something, and the other one is, like, her really angry and kind of like a tyrant sort of look. Uh, no doubt this will be spinning out of Civil War too. I, I guess she gets outed to the world, seeing that she was the one who pushed for controlling of Ulysses and the future crime and everything, and I guess that's going to come and bite her in the ass. Yeah, so it looks like both Captain Marvel and Iron Man aren't going to get out of this without a scratch no not unscathed the other thing too they said is that she is going to be continue or she's going to continue to grow alpha flight that's like her special space station thing that's also involved with the canadian alpha flight i'm not exactly sure how that works i feel like i need to go back and read it now just to know what the deal is with that yeah, I, I have no idea that Alpha Flight was even back. Yeah, apparently Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau showed up in the last issue. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they retconned the history to say, yeah, uh, Justin Trudeau's dad, the original Prime Minister Trudeau, was the one who actually helped start Alpha Flight. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's, oh, that's awesome. I'm like, that is fucking awesome. Can we can we get a spinoff? series of just the original Alpha Flight guys like Puck and Sasquatch and Aurora and everything, <laughs> and Justin Trudeau will be the newest member. <laughs> but what's your power, Mr. Trudeau? I'm super charming, eh? <laughs> Good enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll box your ass. I'll box your... I will charm the shit out of you. <laughs> I will just be great all the time. But yeah, so she's going to be growing it and trying to recruit some new members, and apparently that's, you know going to be the jumping off point from there i wonder if the character she's going to recruit into this new alpha flight are characters that we know of maybe i i'd imagine it'd be something similar to the original alpha flight maybe like some original characters and new characters possibly i know uh during secret wars i didn't read it even though i heard amazing things about it there was the captain marvel and the carol Corps. i wonder if they're going to start bringing in some of those characters maybe possible as possible. I could see it happen. So yeah, some interesting stuff going on with Captain Marvel. So interesting, I think I need to actually catch up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I kind of left it during the Kelly Sue DeConnick run. I feel like I need to get all caught up now and see what's happening there. And uh, from one side of Civil War II to the other side of Civil War II, the Iron Man side, and wow, did we get a lot of Iron Man news this week, Matt. Oh yeah, and 
that both both news stories were like good and bad. Well, I thought they were both really good, but the internet had like a shit fit about them. As the internet often does. I guess we'll start with the one we heard from first, and that is that post-Civil War II, Riri Williams will be becoming the new Iron Man. Now, this is funny, Matt, because last week I said, oh, I guess she's becoming the new War Machine. Nope, she's getting promoted past War Machine right to Iron Man. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> we even got to see her new costume, too, and everything, which it's just an Iron Man armor. Yeah, I think it's just the same one that Iron Man wears, and she obviously gets it or something. Yeah, to which, of course, the internet responded to this the same way that the internet responds to everything like this. I don't like change! Yeah, and, and a lot of people were saying that this is something that's just come about, and I'm like, this has been going on for months. Literally since, like, issue... Not, not issue one, but very early on did they introduce Riri and start planting these seeds. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, and it's and it, I, I, again, it's like the um the Captain America Hydra thing. These comics are written months in advance, mm-hmm. and they don't just change overnight. Yeah. Uh, once like like issue ten comes out, they got to change issue eleven. That's not how it works. Our uh, our, our buddy Mitch uh, coined a term. Well, maybe he didn't coin it, but I saw him tweeting about it, and I think he summed it up perfectly. Hate wagoning. It's not bandwagoning. It's hate wagoning. <laughs> And a lot of people jumped on to hate wagon this Iron Man thing, which I find to be incredibly silly for a number of reasons. One being the fact it's like, do you really think Iron Man's going to be on for gone forever? You know he's coming back, right? When's the next I Avengers s- movie? I said that in my review. I said he's going to be coming back, you know, yeah, when Infinity War was about to gear up, you know, 20, mm. 2017, end of 2017. Two, and this is like, do, do these guys getting upset, do they have bad pattern recognition? Do they not realize that the last four or five new Marvel characters that they've spun out that have become huge successes were introduced in very similar fashion (laughs) to how Riri is being done here? You take a classic hero, you sub them out with a new, younger, hip, fresher, exciting, and often cases more diverse character. They grow, get popularity, then you bring back the old character just in time for their new movie, and by the time you're done with it, you have two books. Yep, and this isn't the first time this has happened, even with Iron Man, because it's during true. like the the eighties and nineties, Rhodey was Iron Man. He was. He was a secret Iron Man. He never told anyone. In fact, they bring that up within the pages of Civil War too, during exactly. Rhodes' funeral and everything. Exactly. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy that anyone can get outraged like this in the, anymore, and they're like, oh, well, it's a cash-in stunt for publicity, and I'm like, you said the same thing about Kamala Khan. That turned out not to be true. Said the same thing about Jane Foster, also not true. Said the same thing about Sam Wilson and Amadeus Cho and all that other stuff and turned out to not be true. This is just kind of how Marvel is doing things now. Yeah, and the, all the people complaining are people that don't generally read comics. Like all these big websites that have nothing to do with comics until yep. it suddenly creates controversy. Mm-hmm. And that being said, this story did blow up all over the place. I mean, morning news talk shows were talking about it. My dad called me and asked me about it because they mentioned <laughs> it on the radio. Yeah, it's it's just insane. It's incredibly insane is the thing, too. And I mean, obviously, as with anything on the internet, there's a, there's a, always going to be a vocal undercurrent of people being like, well, are you mad about the change? Yes. Do you read comics? No. Well, what exactly makes you mad about it? Vagina person. That's what, oh, okay. Is, is that <laughs> yeah. why? Is it because yep. vagina person? Okay. Just, you just pat that person on the head and you send them away. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, honestly, I don't know that much about Riri to pass uh, judgment. We're really only starting to see her do stuff now in the book. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, yep. come on, she, she she built an Iron Man armor in an MIT dorm with nothing but a box of scraps. <laughs> Is what she did. And I mean, I mean, we've all seen the cover of, which is actually a cool color. She's wearing Iron Man red and everything. If you notice, too, in the background, there looks to be a Tony hologram. Yeah, so, yeah, I wonder what's going to happen. I, I wonder if that's just, like, because you can't always judge a book by its cover. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm wondering if, like, yeah, he's going to become her AI and, and like, like what's going to happen with Friday, yeah. I mean, the fact that they're doing this in the other Iron Man story we'll get to in a minute, I think this basically confirms Iron Man is going to die at the end of Civil War 2, or at least be incapacitated to the point where he can't be Iron Man anymore. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible, especially with what's been happening mm. in like in Uncanny and Humans and like his book and everything. Yep. To which, if that's the case, all I can say is, damn Marvel, wait, way to spoil what's going to happen far in advance. <laughs> You jerks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the Riri thing. Gotta wait and see uh, where it's gonna go. To anyone who's upset, all I'll say is, hey, Marvel's been batting 100 on this so far. The only one that even I wasn't crazy about was Amadeus Cho, Totally Awesome Hulk, and that has nothing to do with the change, just with the fact that they were writing more smaller, down-to-earth stories, where before, Hulk had been such a bigger book, and that's not even Mm -hmm. really an issue with the book, it was just an issue with me personally, that's why I dropped it after a bit. Yeah, and that looks to be changing as well. Yeah, that book also looks to be getting bigger. Uh, The other piece of Iron Man news is we're not just going to be getting one new Iron Man or one new Iron Man book, uh, turns out that that uh, promo poster for Divided We Stand turned out to be right on the money because Dr. Victor Von Doom will also be becoming Iron Man in a new book called Infamous Iron Man. Yeah, he seems to... Well, we don't really know what he's up to since we haven't seen him in the last couple of I, Invincible Iron Man books. He kind of disappeared. Yep. Um, but he seems to be going down that path of redemption, or at least he seems to be. Right. Um, and, yeah, trying to become a hero, and I guess this is his way of doing it, maybe? Yeah. The the cover was cool because it was, like, half uh, Doctor Doom mask and half Iron Man mask. Yeah, it looked really cool. It'll be cool to see him do this because it's like, hey, I'm as smart as Tony Stark, but I'm also more into mysticism, too. Yeah, yeah, so it would be like a magic Iron Man sort of thing. Yeah, I'm going to build – imagine how cool his Iron Man suit's going to be when he builds one. That'd be really awesome. The The only thing I can see is like, but didn't we already do Superior Iron Man? How are you going to make Doctor Doom as Iron Man different from Superior Iron Man? That's true, yes. Yeah, who, who's writing it? Is it Bendis writing it? Bendis is going to be writing both of these. Oh, wow. So he's he's cashing in on Iron Man. Yeah, is he ever, man. Which, you know, maybe this is for the best, too. Because, uh, I mean, obviously we'll talk about it when we read what we read this week. But I was not feeling the end of uh, Invincible Iron Man 11. It felt like you hit the Bendis wall where he was getting bored or didn't give a shit anymore. Hopefully this re-energizes him, these two new things. Yeah, well, maybe that, that that's why he's uh, he's decided to do these storylines. These are something new mm-hmm. he can get his fingers into. Uh-huh. Now, interesting, too, uh, the infamous Iron Man book, that's going to be drawn by Alex Maleev. Mm, it looks really good. Of course, frequent Bendis collaborator from his Daredevil work to the new International Iron Man. Does this mean International Iron Man is going away if they're going to be working on this book together? Well, International Iron Man acts as a flashback story, so it can only go so far. I guess, so, yeah. Yeah, and I guess that it's all going to come together because we're, we're all building towards that story of the reveal of Tony's real parents. Yeah, yeah. So imagine this 
the international Iron Man will probably end at like issue ten or something, mm. and then this book will pick it pick up like these two Iron Man books maybe. Wouldn't it be something the big reveal is? Hey, Tony, Doctor Doom was actually your father all along. Oh God, <laughs> which is hilarious because Doctor Doom and Darth Vader share a lot in common. So to have Victor do the Tony, I am your father. <laughs> That's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> Bite me, Dad. <laughs> but the news just didn't stop there. We also got some update on Thor now. Thor is officially going to have a new book, and when I say Thor, I mean Thor Odinson, and that book is going to be The Unworthy Thor. Yeah, and what's really interesting, and again, Mitch pointed this out, is that he's wielding a hammer, and it's called The Unworthy Thor, but I guess because it's like the ultimate hammer, it's not technically Mjolnir. Yeah. It's it's like a it's like, it's like that robot hammer, isn't it? That it's like a artificially made hammer by humans. Yeah, I, I don't really understand the ultimate Thor hammer, but yeah, he's still technically unworthy. He's got a new costume. He's carrying around Jabberjorn, his magic axe too. Looks to be a cool book. And this, like, the first arc is going to fill in the blanks apparently from where he left to where he is now. Yeah, I haven't actually been reading Thor for for a while now. It's been really um, good. Yeah, uh, well, I'm. Since they're starting a new book, I'll probably pick it up and so, sort of reread up until this new book and that's, see where this is going. That's the cool thing about Jason Aaron is he has been telling one epic story from God Butcher and God Bomb to Jane becoming Thor to everything happening now, the wars in the Nine Realms and everything. It is, it's a truly epic Game of Thronesian run he's been doing and I can't wait to see what's going to happen when they throw another Thor into the mix. And uh, yeah, he, he's going to be writing this one too, as he should be. That's awesome. I did read like the God Butcher stuff, and I thought that stuff was good. And I didn't know it actually carried on. I, oh, I yeah. thought there were separate storylines. Oh, it kept going and got better. Hell, as a Superman fan, you'll love an issue they did. I think near the end of God Bomber, once that wrapped up, they did a done in one where it was basically Thor flying around the world doing Superman stuff, essentially. Cool. He he takes like a shield cadet to the shield prom. He goes, sees like a prisoner who he put in jail who repented and he stays with him at the time of his execution. He hangs out with Jane. In fact, that was the first issue where Jane tells him that uh, she has cancer. Oh, wow. It's a great issue. And it's funny too, Thor being such a lovable meathead. He's like, you know, point me to this foul villain cancer and I shall defeat him. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, idiot. You can't you can't beat up cancer. He's like, I am Thor Odinson. I will beat up cancer. Hey, you just underestimate Thor. <laughs> yeah, really. He's like, well, fine. Well, it's like, well, let me take you back to Asgard. Let the neuromancers and the mages and everything, I'll, I'll find a cure for this. And Jane's like, no, no, I, ma I made peace with it, Thor. I made peace. And he's like, oh, okay then. But I am sad then, Jane. It was it's a really touching scene and made even better by the fact that we know she got to prolong her life by becoming Thor. My big yeah. my big question moving forward is if in Unworthy Thor, will they finally answer the question that's been hanging over that book since uh, original sin, and that is what exactly did Nick Fury say to Thor to make him unworthy in the first place? Yeah, we still don't know. It's it's been bugging me. Yeah, I mean, Jason Aaron knows because he wrote that book. He just hasn't told us yet. I mean, it better be yeah. worth it after this wait. I think it will be. It's Jason Aaron. He's pretty good. He's pretty consistent. Wouldn't it be something funny if it was something stupid like Nick Fury's like, I know you took my cake from the fridge. <laughs> that makes him unworthy. No. <laughs> or I know you cheated on the SATs, Thor. <laughs> no, no, I got it. I got it. I know you're not a natural blonde, Thor. <laughs> 
I know that's all from a bottle. I seen your roots. <laughs> I know that hair is a wig. <laughs> oh, I doth I am unworthy now, for Nick Fury knows. It tith come from a bottle, my golden locks. <laughs> really, Thor, this is this is what's made you all depressed and in a funk this whole time. You're not a natural blonde. <laughs> You're not even Scandinavian. <laughs> Man, I would love to see that blow up into a big Twitter controversy. It's like, Marvel reveals Thor not actually blonde, actually brunette. <laughs> this is an affront to his original create to the original creator, Jack Kirby, and everything else. <laughs> For daring to say he's not blonde. Boycott Marvel, bring back the blonde. Hashtag bring back the blonde. <laughs> let let that be the new outrage, please. Thor isn't actually blonde. <laughs> Wolverine, not actually that short. <laughs> Wolverine, taller than you thought all these years. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. And uh, from the solo hero stuff to some team hero stuff. Now, we talked about USA Avengers last week, and we talked about some of the other team stuff going on at Marvel. What we didn't miss, though, or what we ended up missing because they announced it the next day, is the Champions team. Yeah, and they also announced the Great Lakes team, didn't they? Oh, yeah, Great Great Lakes Avengers are going to be getting a new book, too, on top of this. Yeah, and two really old and weird teams. Yep, yep. Uh, Champions, of course, is going to be the culmination of all the stuff that's been going on with the young heroes in Marvel currently. You got Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, Nova, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, so uh, I guess they're going to be quitting the Avengers. We can take that as now. Also, yeah, again, a more Civil War fallout. Yep, which makes sense because, I mean, Miles and all the other young heroes seem to be ticked off at their older counterparts for this constant nonstop fighting they've been doing. Yep. And, I mean, it makes perfect sense, too, because, I mean, if you look at the last couple of years' worth of Marvel, it's like they don't even need villains. They've been fighting each other for so long now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Sad but true. And so I like the idea that this younger generation is kind of like, you know what? Screw you guys, we're going to form our own team and we're going to fight actual villains for a change. Yeah, we have Blackjack and Hookers. Yeah, we got Blackjack and Hookers, and we also have the totally awesome Hulk, which is interesting because we saw no other Hulks on... Well, okay, we saw the Red Hulk, technically, but yeah, so this is the only other team that's going to have a Hulk on it. And most weird and interesting enough, Cyclops is going to be on this team, too, the young Cyclops. Yeah, it was... It's really interesting considering that we also got more Cyclops news as well uh, mm -hmm. this week, as I guess we'll talk about a little later on. Yep, but yeah, we'll, we'll it was a really interesting team. Very interesting makeup. Like, obviously it makes sense, you know, this th this is the new Young Avengers in everything but name. We didn't call it Young Avengers because anything called Young Avengers gets cancelled way too early. <laughs> it's true. It's we, true. We also didn't want to call them the Defenders because after that Netflix show comes out, we might want to make an actual Defenders book. And it looks like they might be because, you know, Luke Cage, Iron Fist have a book, Daredevil has a book, Punisher mm -hmm. has a book. Jessica Jones looks to yep. be coming back to be a fixture in the new Marvel Universe, so don't be shocked if they do end up putting them all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it looks like an interesting uh, thing for a team. And also, uh, Mark Wade is going to be writing this, so this is essentially what All New All Different Avengers is going to become post-Civil War Two. Yeah, so it's looking pretty cool. Yeah, it also leads me to ask the question, uh, you know, U USA Avengers, that's going to be Al Ewing, so New Avengers is going to become USA Avengers... Uh, all new, all different Avengers is going to become champions. 
what of Uncanny? What will Uncanny become? What will Uncanny Avengers turn into? And will Duggan stick around to write it? Yeah, in, I'd have no idea, eh? I don't read that book, so I don't know what's been happening. It's it's okay. They brought back Janet, and they uh, teased that they might be bringing back Hank Pym, but maybe it's not Hank Pym. Maybe it's just Ultron wearing his face. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, let those two join the team. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Go for it. But yeah, that's the Champions team. That one looks cool. I'm interested in that. It's a bunch of characters that I like a whole lot. Now, you mentioned Luke Cage there, Matt, and that's really fitting because another new book that's actually going to be seeing the light of day, one that's been in development for a long time, uh, Gendy Tartakovsky, creator of Dexter's Lab and Samurai Jack and all that other good animated stuff, he wrote a Luke Cage miniseries a long time ago. Yep. And nothing ever seemed to happen with it. Only now it's getting released finally. Yeah, and it looks really cool. It's done in his art style mm-hmm. and everything, and I guess it's going to be kind of like a comedy book. Yeah, I guess so. It's it's very big, very exaggerated, and uh, yeah, I, I think this is really cool. I'm excited to see this. It's only four issues, but you know, sometimes four issues is all you need. Yeah, yeah, it's true, and his his book with Iron Fist is apparently pretty good. You can't stop singing its praise. So. I, I really can. It's some good stuff. You know, it's funny. This uh, this one had sat on the shelf for the longest time. I guess he used his extra pull because Samurai Jack is coming back and everything. That this was a good time for it. And we've got Luke Cage coming in a couple of months. I know, right? Well, I'm sure that's another reason they were all ready to pull the trigger on. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want a nice, good solo Luke Cage project for the next little yeah. bit. Man, yep. at the end of September, that's coming out. Holy crap. I know. I can't wait. It's, it's not going to be very long until you and I are doing a spoiler cast on Luke Cage. Yeah. Geez, in preparation, I should go back and watch Jessica Jones all over again because he has such a big, meaty role in that. It's, it's, it's weird to say, hey, we're going to be reviewing Luke Cage TV series in a couple of months. Did you ever think that a day would come? Well, I, I'm still, like, shocked that we've got, like, Iron Man films and Captain America films that are good. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Freaking Guardians. A, a talking raccoon and a tree. Our beloved yeah. childhood characters. Fucking Ant-Man. and Ant-Man. Dude, kids love Ant-Man. Ant- uh. Ant-Man, much like Wu-Tang, is for the children. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking love him because he's small and they're small, too, so it's great. They work together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, put me down as excited for uh, Gendy Tartakovsky's Luke Cage miniseries. That one looks fun. Now, yep. here's something I don't know how uh, either you or I would feel about it, but I figured the fans would probably like to hear about it. But uh, the next big crossover uh, in the DC family is going to be He-Man and Thundercats in comic form. Yeah, the last couple of years, He-Man's had, like, team-ups with, like, a bunch of things. They did, like, a He-Man slash uh, DC Universe tie I remember tie-in. that. That's why I brought this up. And, um, yeah, he's he, he's gone from, like, crossover to crossover, really. He hasn't really had a, an actual series. No, n- never really gone away, though. So, I mean, good good for him and good for everyone else in Eternia. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I probably won't read it. Neither will I, but much, I'm sure but... to the right person, this one will be great. I didn't read that Turtles Batman one either, but I'm sure the ones who read it absolutely loved it. Yeah, no, I saw people on Twitter talking about it, and they said it was pretty damn good. Yeah, from what I understand, those who loved it loved it a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know there's going to be a great moment where, you know, He-Man and Lionel are going to be having that uh, standoff. It's like, by the power of Grace, a uh, sword of omens, give me sight beyond sight. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you know whoever gets to it first. It's funny. I'm pretty sure they did uh, Lionel and He-Man uh, death battle like a couple years ago. So this death battle turned out to be true. <laughs> now, are they teaming up to fight each other, or are they teaming up to fight something else like uh, Skeletor and whatnot? Mumra, dude, man, that's the team up I want to see. Nah, He-Man, oh, Mumra, the Undying. That's what I want to see. I just want to see those two hang out and talk to each other. <laughs> nah, Beast Man, unclog my shunt. <laughs> man, Mumra was so fucking cool. <laughs> Man, we, like in that opening, you were like thunder, 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 cats. Then they'd get to Mumra, and he was just yelling. <laughs> That's how you make a heavy metal villain. And to answer your question, I don't know who's fighting who. We basically just saw a poster and an announcement. Yeah, I guess we'll find out more in San Diego Comic Con or something, which is also coming up soon. Yeah, like couple in like two weeks or something, and then this weekend we have Star Wars Celebration. Ooh, that's gonna be good. We'll pro- we'll probably get some sweet Rebels news off the back of that. Well, I know we're getting a three minute Rogue One trailer. Oh, 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 oh! oh, oh hold me, someone, hold me. <laughs> Shit, man, you and I might have to get together for a trailer breakdown on that one because I, I the few times I've tried to do Star Wars on my own, I've said something stupid that I shouldn't have. So I need you there to <laughs> slap my hands if I say something stupid. <laughs> I need you to be my Star Wars sensei. I need you to be my Yoda so I can carry you around on my back through the swamps of uh, of Dagobah. <laughs> there is no do Joel, or there is no try Joel, only do. Do or do not, there is no try. See, I got it at the end. Uh, I didn't even have to correct you. I figured it out. I could feel you hitting me through the internet. No, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> Bad job. Spray you with the water bottle. Get it right. Get it right or don't say it at all. Bastard. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's going to be friggin' awesome. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I'm, I'm excited for Rogue One. Yeah, wasn't there a big reveal there that, you, that we found out that Forrest Whitaker's character was actually someone from Clone Wars, like officially? He is. He's Saw Gerrera from the Clone Wars, from the Onderon arc, which makes me think the planet that we see, not the the planet that we see, like Donnie Yen's character in in the trailer, is Onderon. Huh. Clone Wars is getting some love now and getting some validation. Now my fingers are just crossed and be like, okay, so when are we going to see Old Man Ezra? Oh, please. I want that to be a thing where it's like, you know, we need some help in this. Ah, oh, you know, there's an old there's an old uh, Jedi accolade out there somewhere. You know, he used to run in the Rebellion back in the day. You know, go go find him, and it's just old man Ezra hanging out in a bar. I want to see yeah. that. I saw a really cool um, theory that said that Law Santeca, the guy at the start of uh, The Force Awakens who dies, is actually um, Ezra, mm. and that he... Because he's like a he was like a member of the Church of the Force and stuff, and oh. maybe maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Star Wars is filled with people changing their names, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ezra wasn't cool anymore. I changed it. <laughs> Wanted a cooler one, uh, but yeah. So that's He-Man Thundercat news, if you can believe it, everyone. And the last piece of news, uh, as Matt alluded to before, uh, we got some more X-Men related stuff, and that is the Death of X miniseries is finally coming out. And remember when we talked about this before, Matt and I both kind of shook our heads and were like, Death of X, well, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. What they're essentially re- uh, relating to is the Death of Cyclops. Death of X miniseries will explain how Scott Summers, the old Cyclops, went to war with the Inhumans and died. Yeah, it's going to explain those, um, Missing those six months. months. 
the, yeah, those missing six months from Civil, uh, from Secret Wars to the all new sort of phase mm-hmm. about why the Inhumans are hated by the mutants and vice versa, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yeah, sounds pretty cool. And it does sound cool, and yet at the same time, like, well, clearly it didn't matter much because no one mentions old Scott Summers anymore. <laughs> Everyone kind of forgets about him because there's a younger one of him running around. <laughs> there's a younger, hipper model who's not an asshole. <laughs> Man, what a what, what mud has the Cyclops character been dragged through all these years from, you know, being every bit as upstanding and moral a Boy Scout as, like, Captain America, to having psychic affairs, to becoming, like, the new Magneto for a little bit, to just, you know, getting killed off-panel in a six-months <laughs> gap and no one really caring. <laughs> Also, too, you know, yeah, mutants going to war than humans. We're kind of getting our fill of that in Civil War right now. So what do you got to bring to the table? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what new can you show me? <laughs> Here's hoping they can show something new. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose that just about does it for the news this week. That was a nice little meaty offering we had there. And uh, from there, I suppose we can move on into uh, what we read this week. And it was, a, it was a somewhat lighter week. I'm probably going to come up a little short on videos, but I have an unboxing and maybe a topic video if I really have to. Cool. Uh, what uh, what did you read this week, Matt? I'll let you open things up. Ooh, I, I had a, quite a big week. Big DC week after that small, like, one book week we got last week. Yeah, where after, they they after, came back with Rebirth. Yeah, after the nothing week that was. Yeah, and I had Superman issue too. I also read this one pretty good it was more superman being a dad we get to see superman take your kid to work day only when your job is being superman yeah fighting cthulhu monsters in the arctic that are trying to steal stuff from submarines there was a lot of space squids this week in dc wasn't there it was pretty cool when i first saw i'm thinking oh shit are they bringing back starro yeah i know right wouldn't that be some shit but no, it was some. It was it was actually a giant squid that was being controlled by something. Yeah, which which seems like a job for Aquaman, but in this case, it was a job for Superman. Uh, he's busy blowing up spin drift and whatnot. Yeah, he's busy fighting Black Manta. Ah, nice to know you. Nice to know you read that one this week too, Matt. I read all the DC books this week. It was a it was a good batch of books this week. Now it's funny just to bring it back to that squid for a second. Man, did you you think for a second between that squid and the giant sea monster that attacks during uh, Justice League Rebirth, it's like, man, is it just me or are they trying to make like some Watchmen illusions here? Mm, it's possible, since we know that Dr. Manhattan had a hand in this universe. Yeah, wouldn't that be funny if just every week we see more and more Watchmen stuff just kind of uh, get its way and just kind of eke its way inside? It's, it's especially with like this Superman thing, because he's constantly being... Um, Hounded by this Dr. Oz guy. He didn't appear in this comic, but I imagine this monster may, might have something to do with him, maybe? Possibly. It's possible. And we also got the return of a villain slash anti-hero slash hero, Eradicator. Yeah, who you, you've been predicting his return since Super League, and this week you turned out to be r- totally right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if, you know, I keep throwing shit on the wall, some of it's going to stick. <laughs> That's the thing, one of these days. That's why the shotgun is the best weapon. You're bound to hit something. <laughs> Might not be the thing you want, but you're bound to hit something. Yeah, and he came back because of uh, Jonathan Kent's blood. Yep. It was that, and it was really cool because it was he was he's the original yep. Eradicator. He's got the the Bret Hart glasses and yep. n- n- none of that fake Eradicator shit from before. The real oh, deal. Oh god, 
Yeah, and he looks amazing, and he, he came back from the birthing matrix and everything. Yep. It was awesome. Just like the original. Now, here's the thing for it. With a, original Eradicator back, we now officially have all the Superman from Reign of the Superman. Yes and no, because we haven't seen John Henry yet. Well, we don't know what he's up to, and Superboy... The like oh, the clone is, is well, yeah he's well not you got to figure Steel is running around somewhere and I mean Jonathan White is the new Superboy for all intents and purposes no one gives a shit about Connor or Connell he's off in a monastery somewhere that, that that that's true but yeah this comment was really great it had some really great Superman moments in it, it when really he's did. like talking with his son about saying that it, it's not just like a symbol it's like what everything it means and he's got to be ready mm-hmm. to take that on and not yeah. just wear something from some kid that who dumped at like the um uh the op shop you know yeah yeah because the thing is is that jonathan white got a superman shirt from a thrift shop a really awesome superman shirt from a thrift shop by the way and his dad's like hey you know what it's not a costume when you put on the s it means something it's a symbol it's an ideal and it's something that you're going to inherit from me one day it's going to be your legacy and i'm like man that's beautiful and then i'm sure somewhere superboy and supergirl are like you you mean we're not going to inherit it first it's we were here first though yeah but i don't know you people though <laughs> yeah yeah and and it's like and superman uh, and jonathan is his son he's the son of superman he's technically f- first in line i guess <laughs> and i'm sure supergirl could make the argument but but i'm full kryptonian though he's half human though <laughs> yeah well she's busy off hanging with her dad who's cyborg superman, superman now is she's got an she's got a popular tv show she can't take over full time <laughs> she's busy in national city doing popular tv show things <laughs> but yeah great issue beautiful issue i love the stuff with the cat that comes back i love that they're fleshing yeah. out the neighbor girl from across the street it's just all good stuff yeah it's great I know, uh, I know a fan tweeted me earlier today and says, you know, isn't it funny, in a weird way, this Superman book kind of seems to be filling the void left by Batman and Robin? And I'm like, yeah, and also the fact that it's written by Tomasi. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's bringing back that dynamic, or that father-son dynamic. And yet it's totally different, and in a weird way, it almost makes more sense for Superman and his kid. Yeah, and I imagine it would feel the same as well in Super Sons. I, I don't know who's writing that, though. I, he might be, I'm not too sure. I think it's someone new writing Super Sons. Yeah, so maybe they'll bring that dynamic back because it obviously is a, a Robin and a Superboy. Yeah, can't wait to see that. Uh, I had, what did I have this week? Oh, uh, well, from Superman number two to Batman number two, we might as well talk about that. That was pretty cool. It was a really strange issue. Oh, I see what you did there, Matt. Badum tish. Yep. <laughs> Very badum tish. Uh, you know, from being kind of imposing last issue, Gotham and Gotham Girl. Uh, Batman's actually kind of trying to help them now and trying to mentor them, and they're making like a strong uh, impression that even though they have Superman-level powers, they're not nearly as well-trained as Batman. Yeah, they're still pretty green. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very much so. And stuff is getting, as Matt said, strange in Gotham City. Uh, Solomon Grundy attacks out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Which he's very much not used to. And, uh, yeah, just stuff stuff's getting crazy in uh, in Gotham, and I love he takes Gotham and Gotham Girl to meet Jim Gordon for the first time, and he does that whole disappearing act on them, and Gordon's like, yeah, he does that. Yeah. The the thing I fucking love about that is is like Jim's attitude towards him. He's like, yeah, yeah, I've seen you guys before, you flying and shit, you know. I don't give a shit. 
You're here to save the city, huh? Oh, that's new. Did you see me a couple months ago? I had a mohawk and was driving a robot suit. (laughs) I'm hardcore, fellas. I like Gordon has never mentioned that again since. (laughs) That was a dark time in my life, guys. It's like, on one hand, he doesn't have to, and yet on the other time, I just imagine the character's like, no, I don't have to do it. Everyone knows I was a badass robot suit, Batman. (laughs) I like to think in the back of my mind that he still has that costume in, like, his closet or something. Yeah, just hanging under his trench coat. (laughs) He's like, don't worry, if they ever need me again, I'll get it out of the garage. (laughs) Next time there's a big attack, don't worry, folks, I got this. (laughs) And, of course, the big reveal at the end, as Matt alluded to, we get to see Doctor Strange, a new redesigned version of him, who's even balder and beardier than before. (laughs) Yeah, he's been sort of conditioning people um, to, I guess attack or they, they're going alluding to something called the monster men yes which is the title of the next new batman event that's going to encompass all the books we discovered yeah but not just that it looks that general sam lane and amanda waller are responsible for this yeah which i totally missed the fact that that military dude was sam lane when i read it through the first time i thought he was just generic military man it was other people who had to tell me it's like no that's lois's dad i'm like holy shit i originally thought that and i'm like wait a minute this guy looks familiar and i zoomed in and it could see like lane written on his badge and ah. it, get, it gets me thinking as well i'm thinking maybe this gotham girl is lucy lane because she's she's masqueraded as like a superwoman before wouldn't that be some shit? Okay, so we got some theories about who she is. Who do we think the guy is then? That, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, I have no idea. I, I'd want to say, like, because they've worked together, I'd want to say it's, like, a new John Corbin. Ooh, that'd be cool. But then again, it's probably just some random guy. I was thinking maybe it was this, back in new the new Krypton saga, they had a guy called Patriot. Uh-huh, I remember. And he was, like, yeah, he was, like, an assassin for General Lamb. I'm thinking maybe it's him. Right, huh? W- wouldn't it be funny if uh, if these guys were just like test tube babies, like they were like uh, easy bake oven superheroes that Waller, Lane, and Strange created? Because their whole deal is like, you know, we're we're gonna do what no one did before. We're gonna save Gotham City. Actually, now coming to think of it, I'm wondering if these are like byproducts of what was happening in that Midnighter book with how um uh, that guy from the authority was making like a superman clone because he, he got the superman dna and infused it with the fight computer and, that's right and waller was and, trying and, to and, yeah and yeah. waller was involved with that yeah wouldn't that be some shit if they tied all that together yeah that'd be amazing yeah I'd, yeah that's right because waller had her fingers in that before she was trying to do that create the ultimate governmental weapon and once again here they're dealing with governmental weapons yep that's cool stuff. So yeah, Batman, definitely thumbs up. That's a cool book. Uh, but how about you? I'll throw it back over to you for a minute. Uh, I had another Superman book. I had the final issue of Superman coming of the Superman. Oh, yes. Yeah. Still weird as fuck? Oh, my God. This issue is probably the, the weirdest. Damn. It was like pure Neil Adams 80s stuff, man. Like the, the little kid, Rafi, he's like, he's like saying, go, go, Power Rangers and stuff <laughs> like that. And Superman folds up a boom tube on itself and just... Is, is this just a script that Adams has had in his sock drawer forever and they're just making it now? I think so. I think so. He's like, I've already done Batman Odyssey. Now I'm going to do Superman Odyssey. Going to do the Superman equivalent of it. And oh my God, it was just insane. And there's a great part in it where like... um 
Luther like laughs at Darkseid, and Darkseid gets all angry and like lashes out at him, and they just and Superman starts laughing at him, and you're just reading, and you're like, "What is happening? What is going on?" And you have no idea what's going on, and it's just insane. It's fantastic. It's an '80s comic coming out in 2016. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm surprised this actually came out, and it's actually getting like other people who've been reviewing it have been loving it as well, and it's because it's crazy. It scratches a very particular itch. Yeah, and the best thing about this is, like, at the end, like, the last panel, Superman's, like, going around, so, like, so what did we all learn from this job? Oh, nice. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. He's pulling one of those. And what did yeah. they learn today, true Americans? Yeah, he's, like, asking, like, Lois and Lex and everything. <laughs> what did you learn? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, I, I, I learned to buy war bonds and eat green vegetables. <laughs> I learned to not jaywalk and wash under my foreskin. It's what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I guess from that to, uh, ooh, I got to read Spider-Man this week. Probably one of the most enjoyable Spider-Man books I've read in a bit, because I know it was kind of floundering there for a minute. Yeah. Uh, this was the finale of the whole Regent storyline. Interestingly enough, this was a Spider-Man book that ended up encompassing all of the Avengers. Uh, yeah, so much like the Iron Man book. Yeah, much like the Iron Man book there, like that a bit, uh, or a lot. In fact, it's funny, at the end of this one, Miles even says... Uh, I think we learned something here today about heroes fighting each other. This is definitely going to be something the next generation of heroes seeks to address. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to be doing that with their own teams and everything. And it, It's interesting, this this comic was not a Civil War II tie-in, and yet it made several allusions to both this new Civil War and the one that came before. Really? It's really it's really weird how they've been doing like these Civil War times where there's like some books like International Iron Man was one, but it wasn't. But this one wasn't, but it is. Yeah. It's and, really weird. And anything that carries the Civil War two name in it is a tie in. Anything that doesn't isn't really. It's just a continuation of it and they'll maybe pay lip service to the event. Yeah. Now, what was funny about this is that Regent had captured all the Avengers, uh, including Iron Man and Spider-Man, so Mary Jane had to put on a costume to go out and help them out, and she chose to put on the Iron Spider costume. Mm, awesome. Yeah, so she, she kicked some ass there for a little bit. Uh, there was a moment where uh, where MJ and Peter almost remember their marriage, but then they don't. Ooh, okay. Yeah, they've been making several references to this in a bunch of different books, which makes me think they might be doing something with it very soon. They need Wally West to come and touch them both. Yeah, really. And they'll remember. He needs to cross universes in the Speed Force and be like, remember, remember. Can you, can you, can you like, imagine if, like, they actually did that? And, like, it was just, like, out of nowhere, fucking this speedster runs through and, like, touches them both and they remember. Hey, it's been a couple decades since we've had a good DC-Marvel crossover. Maybe it's time. <laughs> <laughs> and no, you know what you do? They have their time traveling daughter, the one they lost, she comes through and reminds them. <laughs> but yeah, this this was a really good book. This was a fun book, a nice finale. And kind of cool too, because Mary Jane, at the end of the day, people are asking her, So are you going to keep the costume on? And she's like, No, of course not. <laughs> I've seen what happens to people who wear costumes all the time, it ruins their lives. Nope, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, my life is already ruined because I'm running Tony Stark's company. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, hey, do we just want to transition on over to that? Invincible Iron Man number 11, that was this week as well. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty cool book. Big week for Mary Jane. She became the Iron Spider-Woman and she became head of Tony's company. 
Yeah. I like to, in the lead up to that, like I felt bad for the Stark Industries board members because Tony really did leave them high and dry, disappearing and not telling them anything. But this issue, they just crossed the line into total dickbagger when they're like, we're on Plugin Friday, the AI, and we hired the ghost to break in to, uh, to Tony's uh, vault and everything. Yeah, yeah, they just like went full dick and like oh, fuck you, Tony. Yeah, it's like well, this company. It's like yeah, up until this point, guys, I actually was sort of on your side. Now I'm not anymore. Yeah, and and, and Tony had a good reason for not telling them. He's you know going undercover to catch this uh, Tomo woman. This uh, this was kind of a rushed finale. I felt because it's like Rhodes yeah. and the Avengers come in and go, oh, we're pulling you out, and I was like, but you can't pull me out now. I'm so close. Well, we're doing it anyway. Yeah, we caught the woman. Oh wait, it's the wrong woman. Yeah, and then they're just like, which is kind of funny. It's like they Avengers and Shield literally couldn't tell one small Asian woman from another. <laughs> <laughs> Rhodes basically came out and said, "Ah, they all look alike to us." <laughs> yeah, she's down there in the city somewhere. <laughs> Ain't that right, Miles? Ain't that right, Kamala and Sam and Jane? <laughs> Don't they all look alike to us? <laughs> uh. And then they kind of rubbed it in Tony's face too. They're like, "Oh, you're welcome for us saving you. You're welcome." Even though you yeah. didn't ask to be saved. Yeah. That 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 scene where like Tony goes into the bathroom and Rhodes is there, but it's actually Miss Marvel is really good. He's like, Come on, you can cut the actor, you know, I, I've known Rhodes my whole life. I know you're not Rhodes. He's like, damn it, I wanted to try out my shape shifting ability that I have now, but don't use all that often. <laughs> I'm like, why would you not use that like all the always? time? <laughs> I mean, I guess the takeaway is she's bad at it, I suppose. True. True. But yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of a lackluster finale, and that's why I said, does, does Bendis not care anymore? Are we past two arcs now? Is he starting to not give a shit? This was the story, like, while he was writing this, he found out that they're going to bring in the Tuella books, and he's I like, well, guess. fuck this book. I assume so. I can only assume that's what happened. Yeah, so he's like, I'll just change the ending here so they capture her, and we've got a new storyline to set up Riri, and... Uh, Victor as Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guess the next arc is going to be actual Civil War tie and no more of this road to Civil War that's not really road to Civil War stuff. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I saw the cover for the next issue and it looks to be uh, Iron Man teaming up with Captain America, so that should be interesting. Yeah, that'll be really cool. I I wonder if uh, they'll make any references to his Hydra allegiances or if Bendis just doesn't give a shit and will choose not to address (laughs) it. He's, that's all Captain America says this issue he's like Hodor except Hell Hydra because as we have stated many times on this show honey Bendis don't give a fuck honey Bendis don't care <laughs> they should do like what they did in one of the one of the first issues of Invincible Iron Man when he met up with that doctor and the first thing he said to her was Hail Hydra to sort of like try and try and like see if she was a um, yeah yeah feel her out. a Hydra agent she should, he should do that to like Cap He's like, oh, just checking. That would be hilarious. I'd love that. <laughs> Jeez, Cap, why you gotta be so aggro? Don't be a freaking Nazi over here. <laughs> Jeez, uh, uh, Cap, why you gotta be such a fascist? <laughs> just let me do what I want to do. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was that book. That was okay. Uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? I had Green Arrow issue too. Ah, we both had Green Arrow this week. See, this is what's great about DC Rebirth. It means we're all reading the same books now. Yep. You were so right 
when you said in this issue that uh, Shadow pulls a Dave Chappelle when she's dumping Oliver's body. She's like, well, just sprinkle some crack on him and go. Just sprinkle some crack <laughs> on him. It, it's literally she's dumping the body over the side of the boat and she's like sprinkling booze and like cocaine and crack all over him. And, and like heroin needles. And I was like, yeah. you know what? That's silly. And yet on the other hand, it's perfect for Oliver Queen because he is well yep. known for taking drug bu- booze fueled uh, boat rides that end in tragedy. <laughs> yep. It's it really is the perfect crime when you break it down. It is. Um and we got more about these bad guys, the um what are the, they the burned? Well, there, there's a couple levels of bad guys. Yeah. There's, <laughs> the, there's the burned men who have hired Shadow, which you're like, God damn it, Shadow, you were working with the Outsiders before, now you're working for the Burn. You just jump back and forth from one evil organization to another, <laughs> don't you? And she's just getting her LinkedIn profile filled. Ah, she's, she's trying to put up a good villainous resume. She's like, hey, <laughs> hey, can, can, can you sign this? And, and can I put you as a reference number for my next job? <laughs> <laughs> hey, honey, this is how mommy works. <laughs> but yeah, so she's working for the Burned, who themselves, we find out, are part of a much bigger criminal organization called the Ninth Circle. Yeah, and then they have like this massive boat island thing called the inferno. the inferno and it's just sitting off the coast of seattle yeah it's like no does... one notices <laughs> look let, let's ask our our uh, our uh, fan and friend generation west because he lives in seattle hey 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 hey, west do you see like a big burnt like liner in your water sometimes you, you should check that out you should maybe call the police about that <laughs> <laughs> it, it can only really be described as a doom fortress is what it, it is it really is it's a floating doom fortress it basically had a goddamn eye of sauron on it <laughs> and it's like how does no one else see this <laughs> and uh and an interesting twist because everyone thinks tony is dead now he loses all of his properties his bank accounts get emptied and he's essentially starting over from scratch now yeah which they've done several times with Green Arrow before. As a guy who's read a lot of Green Arrow stories, all I could think is like, oh, so they're doing this again, huh? wonder how long it'll last this time. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, his CFO, who's like the guy who's actually behind all this. Or we assume I'd... so. He was at least in charge of the auction. We don't know how deep this ninth circle thing goes. Yeah. He's a pretty cool bad guy. He keeps, like, keys and shit under, like, tarantula cages and... Mm. Yeah, he, he's a really bad guy. <laughs> and his name is Broderick, and all I can think is, like, Matthew Broderick. I think he's going to start <laughs> singing any second. <laughs> it is, what if Ferris Bueller used his powers to become an evil, manipulative CEO? <laughs> I'd watch that movie. <laughs> also, too, this is, like, the third or fourth guy who works for Queen Industries who turns out to be evil. You'd think uh, Ollie would start vetting people more closely after that one scientist was building Ferguson robots. <laughs> well, like, or like, he's never around when people hire them because he's off, you know, doing Playboy or Green Lantern or Green Arrow stuff. Yeah. So, like, they're like, oh, yeah, he'll like him. He's He, he wears, like, a tuxedo, so he's cool. <laughs> this guy seems trustworthy, really, because uh, he, he's going to be building some Ferguson. Yeah, I said he seems trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was a good issue. I like what they're doing with it. Again, it's taken, taken Green Arrow back to square one, and he has a great line there where he's like, you know, Oliver Queen might be dead, but Green Arrow will never die. Yeah, he's got his little treehouse bat cave. And... It, it, he's literally become Robin Hood now. He's living in Sherwood Forest. He's going to start stealing from the rich and giving to the poor any day now. Yep. 
Oh, 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 how did we forget this? Fucking Diggle shows up again in this. Yeah, yeah, and he's connected as well to this organization because the guy he's protecting was, like, someone they, they'd, like, paid or who made off with their money or something. Mm-hmm. And they come after him, and he does a really shit job protecting him. He does a terrible job because the guy dies, and all I could think in my head when I was reading is, like, huh, you know, so much for Jeff John saying we're going to let the comics live independently now from the movies and TV shows. Yeah, if only Diggle had his Magneto helmet. It's nice to know, give it time. It's nice to know it only <laughs> took you, to, like, three issues for Diggle to come back. How long until Felicity comes back? And we have oh, to God, don't you fucking jinx this. This is a good comic now, man. Yeah, yeah, don't you jinx me. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, you think they learned their lesson before after they let the show people take over? <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently not, but but you know it was a small part, is what it was. Maybe maybe yeah. it'll be just a cameo. All I could think in the back of my mind was like, you know, you could very easily have made this Roy Harper, and it would have served the same purpose. Yeah, exactly. If you want, if you were serious about rebuilding the Arrow family, that's what you should have done. Instead of being Diggle, it should have been Roy Harper. Yeah, or like Speedy or someone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it would have it would have made perfect sense too. If it was Roy Harper where he's like, oh, Ollie's dead and he died because of substance abuse and everything. Well, guess what? (laughs) Yeah. Guy who kicked me out and rode my ass forever for being a drug addict and a drunk and whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Who's laughing now? Ha ha ha. (laughs) It's me. Me and my trucker cap. (laughs) Then Roy takes off his trucker cap and laughs with his trucker cap. Ha ha ha, trucker cap. You're the only one who understands me, trucker cap. (laughs) <laughs> I love you. Oh, then he just starts making out with his trucker cap. <laughs> and then things get a little bit weird. And they get very weird and they have to cut away. <laughs> man, the writer had to fight tooth and nail for that man on hat sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was integral to the plot, you don't understand. <laughs> uh, I guess I had a couple more Marvel books this week. I had X-Men Civil War 2. Uh, mainly, this was just people sitting around and talking about issues and everything, but it was actually quite compelling. Oh. It was. Uh, Nightcrawler, interestingly enough, is backing Magneto's team now. He says, you know, Ulysses and his power, he is quite literally playing God, and I don't like that. That's true. That's true. And he says, you know, how are we to believe that he's not being manipulated by one of the millions of powerful psychics that live in our world? And how do we know a time won't come when Medusa and the Inhumans start to try and influence uh, Ulysses and what he's saying? Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know, what What if Ulysses says tomorrow that there'll be a mutant born who will destroy the world? Are we supposed to ruin this kid's life just because Ulysses said so? Yep. And I'm like, yeah, Nightcrawler making some honest points. <laughs> Nightcrawler bringing the hard truths. Bringing the hard truths, man. You know, Nightcrawler saying what we're all thinking. Shockingly, too, uh, you know who was actually pro-Ulysses of all people? Uh, Sabretooth, but not for the reasons you think. Really? Yes. Yeah, isn't he becoming kind of like a hero he, as well? He's basically filling the role of a Wolverine-type character for the Uncanny guys. But his uh, what he had to say was interesting. He's like, you know, well, maybe if there was someone like Ulysses around when I was born who could tell what an evil son of a bitch I was going to be, maybe someone could have stopped me before I hurt all those people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty interesting take on it there from Sabretooth, of all people. Yes, that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, for him to actually be pro and everything. Basically, what this book is breaking down to is, hey, well, all the other heroes are having a moral and ethical debate in a civil war. The X-Men themselves are now breaking up into a civil war on their own. Oh, of course they are. So, uh, another schism. Another schism. Schism 2, electric schism <laughs> is basically what it is. But it was good, though. Eats the lunch of, uh, friggin' whatchamacallit, Apocalypse War, which is sadly still going on for at least one more issue. Yeah. Uh, what else did you have? Um, what did I have? Let me look at my thing. I had Justice League Rebirth issue one. Oh, yes, we didn't talk about this many. Not a hell of a lot happened in this issue, actually. Nah, this was just a setup issue, really. It was a housekeeping issue. It's like, and this, and this is how the rest of the Justice League met Superman, and this is how the other two Green Lanterns came to join. Yep, and they fought the Reapers from Mass Effect. I couldn't and... fucking believe that. When they're like, oh, you know, these crustacean creatures, they're from space, and the tentacles, and they're harvesting people, and they're called the the, the Reapers. I'm like, fuck off, they're called the Reapers. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, Brian Hitch, okay. <laughs> D- here's my question. Did Hitch literally not know? Is this all a gigantic coincidence, or is he just a huge Mass Effect fan and just wanted to put that in there? Maybe, yeah, I think maybe he's a Mass Effect fan. I know he's like a sci-fi guy, so that's true. it's definitely, and it's Mass Effect isn't something that like no one's not heard of. Yeah, because so. it's like if it was just meant to be a homage, then it's way too on the nose and almost to the point where it's like, you know, uh, you know, the EA might be coming to look for some money off the back of this, but if you didn't know, I would also buy that. <laughs> Yeah, but it was a pretty cool issue, and uh, what I like about Brian Hitch's work, and I, I like read an interview with him where he's, he was basically going to carry on what he did in Justice League of America. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, he, he, yeah, ba- he basically pays reference to himself and say, yeah. yeah, and then they fought Rao and they won, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I, I always liked his comics because they've been they're pretty epic in scale and everything. Oh, God, yeah. And, and again, like, New York gets destroyed again, so... Freaking New York, There's man. That. Why would anyone live there? It's just giant monster attack after giant monster attack. But, um... Uh, next issue, I know next issue, Tony Daniels takes on art, and I think Brian Hitch is just writing. Yeah. I'm not too sure. Yeah, because so, he yeah. drew this one, too. Yeah. Which, I, I hate to mention the art there, but I'm sorry, Hitch, you, you fucked up in a couple places, actually. He did a couple of faces and stuff. That I don't know why this... Like, usually his art's really nice. I get the feeling he was doing this at the same time he was supposed to be finishing JLA, because JLA ain't even done yet. It's not, is it? No, no. it's not. It got delayed, and in fact, it, it seems like it might not come out now if he's got to rush ahead with Justice League twice a month. Yeah, so I'm wondering if maybe they'll just incorporate it as like a backup story or something. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? But no, yeah. it's it's even more than just the faces. Yeah, there's some facial fuck-ups. Mm-hmm. But yep. Superman is wearing red boots, which he shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman's cape is all wrong. Mm-hmm. It's technically the one he had before. Everyone else is fine, but Batman and Superman look wrong. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with I, that. I get the They've had DC has had some art fuck ups like recently as well. Like Convergence was just full of them. Oh God, yes. And, and I, I don't know if Futures End had a couple. And yeah, I, I yeah. get the feeling Hitch was buried in art stuff because you know of JLA as well. And he's like, well, you know, I don't, ha- I don't have the new model sheet, so fuck it. I'm just gonna do it with the model sheets I have. That's probably true. As sad as it is to admit, I think this might have been a bit of a rush job, this Justice League Rebirth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, interesting enough, I didn't hate it, and I'm definitely going to be interested to see what happens on I just hope there's more quality control. 
Yeah, and I think they will be going ahead since he's only going to be writing and Tony Daniels is going to be drawing. And Tony Daniels is pretty damn good. Beautiful. Which, which ironically, Tony Daniels love his art, not crazy about his writing. <laughs> yeah, his writing's kind of hit and miss. Yeah, sometimes it can be good, sometimes it's not. It, it's funny, too, the whole thrust of this first Justice League. It was honestly more of a Superman story. It was. It, it, it kind of makes sense as well because... In his own books as well, he hasn't joined the Justice League. They've sort of approached him, yeah. But he's sort of still, like in this book, he's still unsure whether he will because which seemed you weird know, to me because like, oh, geez, Lois, I just don't know if I can go join the Justice League. And it's like, but you're already being Superman though, so of course you should join the. How is that even a question, Superman? <laughs> well, I think he was taking into account the people on the team, so because like Wonder Woman is sad and angry because the superman she knew and loved is dead but there is a superman with his face and memories and everything running around but she doesn't fair. know him right and fair all the other team are kind of like unsure about him i know batman's unsure about yeah, him batman had to be batman and be like well, i don't know if we can trust him so we got to keep him close to watch him yeah <laughs> geez batman just doesn't trust anybody does he Nope. <laughs> I wonder if he's like this with the pizza delivery guy, too. I can't trust that pizza delivery guy. He might have spit my pizza. <laughs> God damn it, I don't trust anybody. <laughs> guy comes to Wayne Manor to fix the internet. I don't trust that guy. He was looking at my search history. <laughs> don't trust Did the dry cleaner. I don't trust him. He shrunk my shirts. Or he wants to <laughs> shrink them. It's all a plot by the Joker. <laughs> Is it hard, Batman, seeing enemies everywhere? Ah, you get used to it. <laughs> uh, paranoid Batman, represent. Uh, another one I read this week from the Marvel side of things was actually Kingpin number one, another Civil War two tie-in. I read that as well. Yeah, it was interesting. I liked it more than most people I knew. The art was not great on it. It was not a pretty comic. No, it wasn't. It was really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Really dark lines and really yeah. sketchy and yeah i would say stylized but even that's not right there was a weird thing where they kept showing the kingpin in shadows and he had like bright red demonic eyes going yeah. on and i'm like oh is he possessed by like dormammu or something then it's like no <laughs> no he's just an evil motherfucker <laughs> no no it's just a, it's just a choice from a storytelling point of view i dig it that wilson fisk has come back to new york now uh, from his self-imposed exile at the end of Superior Spider-Man when he was hanging out in San Francisco in his last big showdown with Daredevil. And he's trying to take back everything that was his, but he's having a rough time of it because the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. with the help of Ulysses are basically arresting everybody. Yeah, they're, they're, they're crimping his style. And we kind of get to see Wilson Fisk in a way we've never seen him before. He's wearing a tracksuit to important meetings. Yep. He's sleeping in a small, dirty apartment. Yep. All of his henchmen are leaving him. This is this is budget kingpin is what this is. It is. It's kind of funny to see him suffering like that. I like the one guy who still kind of works for him and is by his side is Turk of all people. That guy who is constantly getting beaten up by Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And we eventually find out that one of his underlings is an inhuman and his inhuman power is that he's kind of a blind spot to superheroes and Ulysses. Yeah, Janus, uh, Janus. Yeah, Janus. Yeah, or maybe yeah. it is Janus. You're right. Maybe it's a soft J. Yeah. But yeah, and he's a little mousy, pathetic motherfucker. And you know, Fisk is like, ooh, ooh, I'm gonna squeeze this guy for everything he's worth. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Yeah, and I, I just like that. There was parts in the comic like where he was um 
in that diner and then like all, all the shield agents and hawkeye shows up because like i'm not gonna arrest you yet but you're gonna do something soon and i'm just here waiting for you oh hawkeye makes such fun of him hawkeye you know throws mad shade at the kingpin while he puts way too much sugar in his coffee and i'm like <laughs> man when clint barton is making fun of you you really gotta you know <laughs> reevaluate your life yeah, he put so much sugar in his coffee so he wouldn't taste the salt from the kingpin. <laughs> he was he was more salt than man. He was a big salt mount. <laughs> <laughs> man, he was throwing some sick shade at the Avengers too. Like when Sam Wilson comes to try and arrest him, and he's like, "Ooh, you know, my, the old Captain America would have defended people's civil liberties, unlike you, oh, but dumb tish." <laughs> And then making fun of Spectrum, where he's like, oh, yeah, well, I guess we can't all have cool superhero names. You know, Carol Danvers was a better Miss Marvel than you. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, he makes such sick fun of them, but doesn't make fun of Night Thrasher, even though Night Thrasher is in the room and you think he'd be the easiest to make fun of. Oh, he's too scared, man. (laughs) I guess. I would have just been like, you know, and Night Thrasher, that's all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You just point at the guy. (laughs) And Night Thrasher, do, do I even need to? You are a lame ninja with lame skateboard powers. You have never been good. You've kind of always sucked. Uh, But yeah, that was Kingpin. Kingpin was a lot of fun. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, and I can't blame people for not wanting to read it because the art is so shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, as you said, it's stylized. It's very stylized. I will be picking up the second issue. If you like crime stories, that's definitely one to read. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, What else did you have happening, Matt? Uh, I had Poe Dameron issue four. Ah, I didn't get to read any of the Star Wars this week, although I, I will probably read Han when I go to bed tonight. It was pretty cool, this issue. Poe went to prison, and we find out that the person he's meeting is the giant muscular hut from the recent Star Wars issues oh, that Luke shit, ran into. Oh, on... together? Yep, yeah, he's in prison. on, And it's a really cool prison as well. It's on a planet which gravity is like ten times the normal, so... If you go down under the surface, you'll be crushed under 10 times your own weight. That's a good idea. The way they've set it up is they've got a shield around the small base. And that's basically the only thing keeping the prisoners there. And if they step out of the shield, they'll be crushed. And they're allowed their own little community and everything. And he's hanging out there. it's like Dragon Ball Z planet. Pretty much, yeah. And, um... Yeah, Poe goes there to sort of find out where Law Santeca is and he gets betrayed by uh, the prison guards because Agent Terex is there as well. What a dick. And they both have to come up with plans for Garka's uh, prison break and Garka will pick the best plan. It's, it's easy to escape to prison break. You just got to have a big tattoo of the prison on your body. <laughs> and, then, and then let that go for a couple seasons and then you'll be fine. <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> Make sure you cut off the racist's arm as well. Always cut off the racist arm. When in doubt, always cut off the racist arm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that sounds fun. I'm going to have to catch up on Poe because it sounds to be really easy to read and it's another it's another mini, right? I think so, yeah. I don't think this is going to be an ongoing. It's, a mi- it's probably a mini with a chance to become an ongoing if they want. I think, it's gonna, I think it's actually going to end, like the last issue is going to end... Uh, a couple of minutes before the start of uh, The Force Awakens. That's a good idea. Uh, speaking of uh, more Marvel and more crime stuff, I had Punisher number three this week. I did as well. Oh, you actually did get a chance to read Punisher. Awesome. I did, yeah. This, it was uh, pretty cool. This, this was as straightforward a Punisher story as you could ask for in a series that oh, has yeah. been incredibly straightforward. 
Oh yeah, he's just killing motherfuckers left and right. Taking taking out the trailer park militia and their drug lab. I love one of them Jim Bob guys. He's like, no, oh, you know, the Punisher, he ain't ready for us. I tell you, <laughs> he's so used to killing gangbangers in the city. You know, he won't be ready for us and our super skills. Dead, dead, dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just murders them all. <laughs> No, you weren't ready for him, Jim Bob. <laughs> and the one guy being like, you wouldn't kill me in front of my daughter, would you, Mr. Punisher? Nope, no, I wouldn't. Drops the smoke bomb, drags into the smoke. <laughs> the, the little girl, Juniper, she kind of won me over. She had an amazing line where she's like, do you like dinosaurs, Mr. Punisher? And he's like, sure. I like dinosaurs, but they make me sad because they're all extinct. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I guess they are. I love this idea that Frank never considered that before, and he's like, yeah, that is kind of sad. Yeah, 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 this girl made Frank cry. (laughs) Turns out Frank Castle also loved dinosaurs. (laughs) See, that's a great moment where he should have been like, hey, little girl, have I ever told you the story one batch, two batch, penny and dime? (laughs) Just pull that out there, make that a show comic connection. (laughs) Have I ever told you about the story about how my... Family was brutally gunned down by mobsters. You tell us that story all the time, Uncle Frank. I know. It's the <laughs> only good story. <laughs> it's the only one I know. Did I ever tell you the time I took a, a, a Serbian human trafficker and tied all of his organs to different trees? <laughs> Did I ever tell you that time I came back as a Frankenstein's monster? <laughs> That's a real thing that happened. And before that, I was like an angel of death for heaven. I was basically spawn, but less cool. And there was that time I became Captain America. It was brief, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> did I did I ever tell you that time that uh, I was in a manga universe and I was a geisha and I tickled uh, Yakuza boss's feet to death? That's a thing that happened. <laughs> or did I tell you about the time in the 2099 future where I had a gun that killed you super slow? <laughs> that was a fun time. <laughs> that's That's got to be a segment, story time with Uncle Frank. <laughs> <laughs> And they're all just horrible stories every time. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Punisher is fun, is what this. I like this book. It's very much in line with what like Ennis and Dylan were doing before the original Marvel Knights Punisher. Yeah, and I I don't know why people don't like the art. I think it suits it pretty well. It's it's it's, it's Steve Dylan. It's exactly what he was doing in Marvel Knights Punisher, and everyone loved that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll agree. Yes, his work is an acquired taste. He does tend to linger on the ugly, but that's kind of the point. It's it's an ugly world. It's ugly stories. I think they match the Punisher. Yep, exactly. Were it for anyone else, I would say it didn't fit, but I think the dude was born to draw Punisher stories. Mm Mm-hmm. That's how I feel on the matter. But yeah, I, I, I will never understand the, the art complaint myself. I think some people complain to it. It's like, but all of his faces look the same. Yeah, yeah. The big wide-eyed faces. Big wide-eyed faces. And my thing to that is, I'm like, well, most people don't live very long in the Punisher story, so you don't have to look at them for very long. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Because they're all going to be dead, and you're just going to be back to looking at Frank before, you know, like I said, man was born to draw Punisher stories. (laughs) And even Clunan's writing is interesting, too, because this is a Frank Castle who doesn't say much, and yet when he does open his mouth, what he says is perfect. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's good. It's good, good stuff. Uh, I guess another one we both read was Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. 
yeah, this was cool too. You know, this takes like a classic showdown that we've seen a million times, you know, hero versus their arch nemesis. But Abnett takes it in an interesting direction where Aquaman actually offers himself up to be killed by Black Manta at the end and says, you know what, if you want to end this blood feud so bad, do me in, finish me off. I really like those panels because mainly, of course, what like Black Manta was saying is like, if I kill you, I can show the world that what you did and all this stuff will happen. And if you kill me, the opposite will happen and you'll be seen as a killer and whatnot. And yeah, and Aquaman is all right with that. Like he's all right to die mm-hmm. if it means that it's going to stop this feud. Yeah, it's it's really an amazing bit there that he's willing to put his own life on the line and in the hands of this dude and in the end, defeat him with words and not fists. Yeah. By the end, Black Manta is just so defeated by Aquaman's words and just so depressed, he gives up the fight and lets himself get arrested. Yeah, this was also a cool issue for people who probably haven't read the like New 52 Aquaman or anything because it go- goes like at the start it gives you like the background information of this feud where Aquaman accidentally killed Black Manta's father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, because he thought he was almost killing him because Manta mm-hmm. had killed his father under directions from Dr. Shin. And yeah, it's this amazing like Shakespearean case of mistaken identity and everything and it's really well handled. And I like what Aquaman says in this story where he's like, you know, yeah, I killed your father in a moment of anger, but in many ways Aquaman was born that day because that situation showed me the, you know, how sacred life is and the importance of control. Mm-hmm, yep. I thought that was really beautiful. It's funny, in many ways, I feel like that's kind of what they were going for in Man of Steel, but what they totally missed the bar, uh, what they totally missed the mark on. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I thought like this is like Superman stuff. Yeah, you can you can tell a story about a hero killing. You just have to make a solid point of it. And also, they are very clear to show. You know, when I killed Black Manta's father, I did that as angry Arthur Curry, not Aquaman. Before I became a symbol, before I became something more. When I was just a just a weak willed man. Mm-hmm. And I like later when he's talking to Mira. Mira's like, I would have killed him. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, dude, Mira, that's not cool. <laughs> Mira's like, no, I'm just saying it's good he didn't fight me, though, because, like, I'm I'm not really a hero the same way you're a hero. I mean, I, I, I'd have fucking killed him if I had the chance. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, oh, God, did you catch, I'm sure you catch this bit, too, while we're on kind of a movie bit there. Manta's yelling at Aquaman. He's like, you know what, I will expose you to the world as a murderer, as, you know, nothing but a violent barbarian. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the barbarian bit made me laugh. I'm like, ooh, is Black Manta throwing shade at Jason Momoa? Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> a-, a longtime fan says, you know, Jewel, I swear sometimes you uh, try too hard to make connections between the comics and movies. And I'm like, trust me, this one was on the nose. <laughs> Black Manta might as well have just winked into the camera when he said that. <laughs> a violent, no good barbarian. Uh, it was great. And who who were the guys at the end that busted Black Manta out? I don't fucking know. I they, I thought they might. They, there was someone I should have known. So I said in my review, like someone probably going to correct me. But the the guys that she was with, that woman was with, look really familiar. They do. They're they're so unique and weird. I I they're probably old Aquaman villains, is what they are. Yeah, I originally thought like, oh, maybe these are like an offshoot of Argus or something, something. like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's Abnett writing, and I think if I'm not wrong, Abnett did have a very short-lived Aquaman run way back when. So they're probably guys from his run. I wouldn't be surprised. 
Yeah. He's probably bringing back his own creations because they looked too weird to be new characters where it's like, no, 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 these are these are someone from before. Yep. These are clearly updated versions of old comic characters. So, uh, I mean, is that it? That's everything for me. Um, I had Green Lanterns issue two. Oh, I read that one too, actually. It's pretty cool. Pretty it is cool. cool. I, I like how they're differentiating uh, Jesse Cruz and Baz by showing that they have, like, you know, very, very different power sets where, you know, Baz seems to have, like, this weird Green Lantern future site where he can kind of see the future. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're also, like, different in personality as well. Where, like, like, I like that scene where Jessica is being surrounded by all those uh, rage people and rage she can't zombies. do anything. And then just Baz comes in in his fucking car. Da, da, and da, just da, like da, picks da, her da, up da, and da, 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 da. like, I learned this on the streets. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. They they have a great back and forth, good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah, and what's really weird though is that this storyline is really similar to the one that was happening at the end of the Red Lanterns comic series with Guy Gardner fighting something very similar to like what's happening with this rage stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, he he came back to Earth and there was something going on with Earth. Some something affecting people and everything and he had to like fight it and he was like the only one fighting it as well there was no other heroes or anything huh. and it was no and it was something that was going to take over the world and no other heroes and i doesn't look like there's going to be any other heroes in this i don't know yeah maybe maybe not it definitely seems to be a giant world threatening thing you know atrocitus is basically like we're going to turn earth into a new red planet because yizamalt is dying yeah, and, and they burn a big, like, red lantern symbol into the Earth as well. They so. tag the planet. So, like, where are, like, the Justice League and everything? And, or they're busy fighting Mass Effect villains or something. <laughs> they're on vacation. Everybody's on vacation. <laughs> Everyone's like, nope, don't want to fight Atrocitus. He's weird. He bleeds from his mouth. Nope. <laughs> He's some giant, weird, bloody thing. Yeah, for real. Ugh. <laughs> Man, I love to on the cover of that one. They still can't all this time later uh, fight the urge to show Bleeze's ass every time. <laughs> that whole cover is just Bleeze butt, as far as the eye can see. Uh, I know Shane Davis, the guy who created her, is, is loving it because he's like, "I created that character, and she's on the cover of this comic, and people are buying it." <laughs> Woohoo! Go me. Man, I actually went back and read an issue of Red Lanterns where they basically give Bleez's origin and everything. And it's funny, they're giving this tragic backstory how she's like, you know, oh, I was royalty on a planet, but I, you know, spurned, uh, what is it, two, two suitors. And because of that, they sold me out to an evil uh, alien warlord who more or less raped me and cut off my wings because we were all a bunch of bird people. And, like, you know, that was really horrible, and I came back as a rage monster, and me and Atrocitus killed them. And the whole time where, t where they're telling this really sad story, it's just like, but, 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 look at my butt. <laughs> <laughs> and even the cover, too, was just like, oh, look at me, I'm covered in blood. It's kind of like a wet t-shirt contest, but with blood. <laughs> talk, a talk about a ludonarrative dissidence between these things. <laughs> it's like, be really sad, but also be really turned on, too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I can't be both at once. I can only feel one of these things. Oh <laughs> uh, well, level up, man. Feel both. <laughs> uh, so uh, is that it for everything? Then is that everything we uh, uh, covered? Yeah, I had hand solo, but I'm I don't want to talk about it because I want you to read it first. And yeah. that good, huh? 
it's pretty good. It's pretty I, good. I loved issue one. I'm excited to see issue two. I I also have Moon Knight in my pile, but I haven't read Moon Knight yet. Uh, Moon Knight's still really weird. Uh yes, yes, it is. Awesome. But it's the good kind of weird, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun bit of mind bending, and when you're reading a character who is insane, it only makes sense that their book be kind of nuts and nonsensical too. Reading the book is kind of like being in Mark Spector's head. <laughs> Everything feels not quite right. No. Yeah, so I guess with that, then, everyone, we can wind down the show for this week. Uh, we hope you all really liked it. Obviously, if you're patrons, you'll be getting this a day early for everyone else. It comes out on Podbean and uh, YouTube on Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Uh, oh, you know, actually, no, I, I guess before we finish, finish, uh, we can talk about what's coming out this week. Yep. People, pe- people like it when we do that. When I say this week, I, of course, mean today because the show comes out on Wednesday. So if you're listening to this now, this is what you can expect to read this week. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff coming out. I assume so. It's been good the last little bit. We got uh, – oh, no, this is this week. Oh, I always got to go to the next week over. I know we're getting Action Comics 959. Yeah, yeah, some fun stuff there. Loving what's happening in that story. Luther and Doomsday and all that other good stuff. And then we got Civil War 3. Oh, finally. Yeah, so Hulk storyline. Got your Detective Comics. Got your Earth 2 Society, which is apparently not the last Earth 2 story. Apparently more are coming out. It's it's continuing with Dan Abnett. I'm so happy. Interesting. Uh, we got Flash number two, of course. Flash is being a lot of fun. Ooh, we got the first Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps Rebirth book. Awesome. I'm going to check this one out, even if I don't totally get it. We got new Superman, so we finally got the Asian Superman. That's going to be cool. Cool book. They've been batting 100 on all these Superman books so far, so I'm really interested to see what's happening there. We got new Nightwing. He's back in blue and ever so cool. I know you're happy about that. Oh, that's going to be good fun. I'm also interested, too, because it seems like Tim Seeley is going out of his way to try and fix the bullshit that was Robin War and trying to have it make sense. Because <laughs> if you remember, at the end of Robin War, Dick Grayson joined the Court of Owls, and then nothing happened of it. <laughs> Apparently, he's actually going to try and fix that story in this one. So, you know, that more power to him on that. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got here? Oh, I just head down to the Marvel thing. Oh, it's past Jules' bedtime, if you can't tell. Uh, yep, Civil War 3, Daredevil number 9, Deadpool number 15. This is uh, Deadpool versus his mercs for money for Civil War. Gwenpool number 4. I'm hearing such good things about Gwenpool now, I might have to go back and catch up on what I missed. Yeah. I caught up on Vision this week. Vision has been great. Yeah. Uh, New Avengers, Old Man Logan, Power Man and Iron Fist, Silk number 10, which I actually think this is my chance to jump back on. Silk, I jumped off during that whole event when I couldn't be asked. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah I know I got, like, uh, Hercules, uh, the Gods of War, uh, Civil War tie-in. Oh, that this week, too? Yep. That was good stuff. It was good, and I, I'm really excited. Hercules is back. Yeah, back doing good things, getting to finish off his series. And uh, I suppose with that, everyone, that will bring us to the end of another episode of the Comic Multiverse. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, favorite, do all that other social media jazz. Be sure to follow uh, Matt and myself on Twitter. Be sure to subscribe to Matt over on Fortress of Solitude if you haven't already. I'm sure he'd really enjoy that. I would, I would, I would. Yeah, who wouldn't enjoy it? Everyone would enjoy it. 
Uh, be sure to join us uh, next week. Uh, same comic multiverse place, same comic multiverse time for more superhero shenanigans. Until then, everyone, bye bye. See ya.